Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Carol Ann Rice is a life coach and journalist who also runs networking meetings. She's got five top tips to share on how to choose the right network for you. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Carol Ann. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. Now, you're a, a life, business and media coach, but what did you do before you became a coach? Oh, as a journalist, I've been a journalist for 30 years. I've written for The Sun, The Mirror, Daily Express, all, all the women's magazines like Cosmo, Glamour, Grazia, uh, various things. Um, but 20 years ago, um, it's very hard being a freelance journalist. You have to sell lots of stories and you get a lot of rejections. It's a bit like going to auditions and you get then you get a commission and it takes ages and you don't get paid very well. So I said, I, I hired a coach at the time and she said to me, maybe you should think about becoming a coach after a, a while of coaching with mm. her. So I took a big risk and I made that leap and I've never looked back. And so what kind of training did you have to go through to become a coach? Well, I did a two year course 20 years ago with some with a company called Coach U. And at the time, it was the only one in the world because Thomas Leonard was the man who invented coaching, different to psychotherapy. He had come up with his own methodology. So it was very new, very American. But in those days, although there was an Internet, it, there was no Skype or Zoom. So you had to do everything on the phone. <laughs> and so I never met for two years any of my students or saw them or or or, um, or any of my uh, you know fellow students or tutors, anyone. Um, so I was just phoning America five times a week on a special wow. uh, dialing deal. And sometimes that's three or four in the morning having to do the modules oh. for two years. Um, so it wasn't a great way to learn, um, which is one of the reasons why I started my own coaching academy a little while ago, because I thought there's got to be a better way. And I wanted to bring it to life. I wanted it to be a very experiential way of learning, not academic, not dissertations, not exams, and a really exciting way to teach people to be great coaches. So I came up with an academy with the help of with someone else a little while ago. Well, that's dedication, though, but doing it at three or four in the morning. <laughs> you obviously really wanted to do it. <laughs> if you didn't do it, you didn't pass, you see. So it was like all the all the um, modules were on a carousel. So say a coaching for confidence module came up. It would only come up at 5 a.m. our time. I had to do that. Otherwise, it was another month before that carousel came round again. So you had to phone at 5 a.m. the same time each week, the same day each week to do that module. So whether you liked it or not, you had to complete the whole curriculum <laughs> now there's, there's all sorts of sorts of coaching what what do you specialize in what do what do you particularly like to coach people in yeah well I am a life coach I'm not a business coach or an executive coach so the basis of all coaching is life coaching but my my two niches are confidence and clarity because over the years of coaching scores and scores of people the one thing that every human being wants is a bit more confidence to do something to, to start a business to write a book to lose weight to ask someone out to to say to somebody um i've i'm finished in this relationship whatever it is we all need a bit more courage so and then the other thing that i found people wanted was clarity a lot of people said i'm i've hit a certain point in my life i don't know what i want next 
So I found that really confident people do know what they want next. It's like, I'll have that thing over there. I'm going to start this. Whereas underconfident people uh, suffer with clarity because they need to trust themselves more. So I went into the two niches, confidence and clarity. And when you've got the confidence, the clarity makes itself known. Mm. And when we've got clarity, everything comes into sharp focus because it's like, and now I know what I want. Now I can work towards it. But when you don't know, it's just fog every day, more of the same fog, and it makes you feel down. And why can't I see what I want? And I just kind of feel like I'm going on the hamster wheel rather than living with an intentional purpose. So I think getting clarity is very—it's like a lovely breath, breath of fresh air. Suddenly, everything seems clear, and you know what you're doing each day. Mm. So who who is it that you coach? Do you have a particular client base? Um, because I've been doing it for so long, I'm <laughs> it sounds bad. I'm able to charge a bit more than than someone just who's just graduated because I've got twenty years of experience behind me. So it tends to be uh, company directors, CEOs, um, chief executive people, um, but also like uh, artists, um, actors, writers, footballers, supermodels. I had a supermodel that dated Leonardo. So, you know, wealthy, beautiful, still not happy. Um, all sorts of people, but basically people who are ready to make a big change in their life and they can't do it on their own. And with coach support, the coach asks you unusual questions to help you move forward. And family and friends are great. They do give you support, but they don't spend time really getting into the nitty gritty of what you really, really want and how you're going to get there. And that's what coaches do. So it's most, I would say, a vast variety of people. I've worked with students who've worked at the Apple store and saving up their Saturday money or their week's money to have coaching sessions nurses doctors gps i've even worked with sex workers who want to get out of that profession i've worked with you know um a scientist so it's anyone who's basically saying i i have sort of hit a wall and i don't know how to move on and a coach is there as a professional to help you find that direction again mm. and do you just work one-to-one with people or do you do you know group sessions for, for businesses for example I have done group sessions for businesses and I've worked at the London School of Economics and various other institutions like Play England, which is a charity. Um, and that's great to go in and do presentations and get everyone talking. Um, and yeah, and I, I often do um, group coaching for myself. So I put out, uh, I'm doing a group coaching session on uh, confidence, say, and ask the general public if they'd like to come and we might do it over three or four weeks. So it makes a, an affordable way of getting into coaching without having to spend a lot of money on the big, the bigger programs. Yeah. Now, I know that you're um, an economist for the, the Daily Express. How did that yeah. come about? Well, it's interesting because when I was a uh, a journalist um, years ago my colleague said to me what do you want to get out of your journalism I said I'd really love to be a columnist in Fleet Street never got that through being a journalist ever <laughs> but as a coach I knew of someone who worked on the Express and I said um, a lot of my clients get very down about the news headlines and if you do listen to the news it's, it's like crisis climate yeah. <laughs> climate meltdown war energy crisis it's always something miserable and if you're yeah. not feeling great watching the news really brings you down so I said there's no column out there that spreads the good news or helps mm. people get happier so I I, I got the, num- the, the direct number of the editor of the Daily Express and I took a risk and I emailed him and 
<laughs> I said, look, sorry, one of your colleagues suggested I contact you. Sorry, I haven't, you know, please don't tell them off. Um, for, uh, but have you ever thought about a column that makes people happy rather than all the headlines? And he said, go away, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> In not too many, not, not exactly those words. And I said, well, maybe you should retrain and become a coach like me. Then you never have another bad day again, which got him even more grumpy. Um, and then a few, I had a little bit of a dialogue with him on the email. And I said, look, just, just give me one or two of them to try. And I got a phone call about two days later. What's this column you're doing on Monday's paper? Out of the blue. I was given a very difficult brief. It had to include four stories in 850 words and include a celebrity. So when you're a journalist, the easiest thing in the world is to waffle on for 2,000 words. The hardest thing is to get four stories in, 850 words plus a celeb, because they needed a photo to illustrate it, you see. Right. So and I, what I thought was going to run for like a couple of weeks ran for seven years. Wow. <laughs> and worth, I would say to your listeners, we're always worth taking a risk. All the, thing that, the only thing that would be hurt is your pride if they say no, have another go. Knock on the door. It's yeah. nothing. You don't have to even tell anyone you're doing it. Just knock on the door. And if they say no, try another door. I was just thinking when you said yeah, you got this email address and you you kind of dared to to, to email the, the editor. And I thought, wow, that's brave. And I thought, but what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen, they don't answer at all. Because then you think, have they got it? Or should I keep going on and mm. keep asking them? Um <laughs> But when I was working with my coach years ago, I wanted to be a columnist about motherhood. It was so be the sort of Bridget Jones of motherhood. This was about 20 years ago. And my coach said, phone Piers Morgan is on the mirror and suggest it to him. Well, this is before he was the big TV star he is now. And I was so scared. So don't email, phone him. And I got his number and I phoned my knees were actually knocking together. And I got his secretary and she said, who is it? And I said, tell him it's your, his new motherhood columnist. She said, you what? I was being very audacious. But then she said, listen here, my dear, you phoned on the worst day of the year. It's the World Cup. England are playing. There is no way he's going to come to the phone. Well, I didn't follow back. I didn't follow up. But my my coach, bless her, sent me a bunch of flowers just for doing it and being so brave. And now when I look back, I actually didn't really want that column. But I really did want my Happy Monday column in the Express. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful story. <laughs> Thankfully, the World Cup was on. <laughs> and he didn't come to the phone. <laughs> so let, let's have a chat about about networking now which yeah. is obviously what my podcast is about now and yeah. I know that you've run a network so t tell me about that well I just wanted to go back to my networking history really mm, because when sure. I first started a, as a coach there weren't many ways to promoting yourself there wasn't Facebook Insta all the rest of it I don't even think LinkedIn was up then so how do you promote yourself 20 years ago and I've got a phone call about a new networking event that was starting up in West London and we went and it was the first of the Athena network mm. which is a women's network so it's one of the first ever members to join that and they were very lovely women and I really got so much support from them over the 
over the years that followed, I, I learned how to sell better, how to have a better website, get better, proper photos done using the other members of the group, plus incredible support from them. It was a lovely little tonic each month going. So after Athena, I, I started to do a business breakfast with another coach called Susan Tomlinson. And this was in the St. Stephen's Club in St. James's. And it was kind of an exclu exclusive gentleman's club, but they let us in and had a business breakfast and a speaker and that we've made a lot of um, great contacts there and then I started uh, an evening network group with a lady called Karen Campbell mm -hmm. and she um she we did a, an evening network called Spark and that was in central London and we wanted drinks and canapes uh, a guest speaker or two guest speakers to talk about how they built their business and basically have a nice time over a glass of wine and for nine years, I was the fabulous networking group leader for um, Ealing. So I ran a lovely group there for nine years, um, once a month, uh, the Doubletree Hilton in Ealing Common, and met so many fabulous friends there. And now um, I've joined the Sister Snog and Love Business. Because um, I'm, a, I'm a networking addict because of all of the things, Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, Twitter, that have built my business it's in-person networking mm. of all the things giving me clients credibility confidence honing my business skills and the fabulous support that you get um, so I'm always looking for new networking opportunities I think it's a fabulous way of doing business and and meeting like-minded people mm. and how did you find things during the pandemic when of course we couldn't meet in person yeah, um, well, there was a couple of networking things online that I was still presenting the Fabulous Networking in Ealing online. Um, and I started a club called the Confidence and Clarity Club, the CC Club, which had about 15 to 20 members. And that really helped people over that year when we were in lockdown because it was a, month, a weekly catch up with everyone. And there was sometimes laughter, sometimes tears. But I always did a little presentation about keeping positive and keep going. And uh, a lot of people said they made some great connections through that. Um, so the pandemic, I think we were very lucky. If you were into networking, business could still go on yeah. and you could still connect and feel uh, less isolated and that business was ticking over by talking to other people and hearing how they were coping and how they were pivoting their businesses and doing different things. It was quite extraordinary what people were coming up with, even someone doing a facial online. My my beauty lady, <laughs> who I met networking, she was saying, this is how you do your home facial. <laughs> it was like, do it on Zoom, do it showing how to massage your face. And although she wasn't making money out of it, she was keeping her customers in, in interested and engaged with her yeah I have to say I I, I went to one of those in lockdown as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> it actually worked fun. quite well <laughs> and the um <laughs> the, the, the person who was running it actually sent little samples out to everybody in advance so we all had to Very say good. you know the moisturizer or whatever and uh, yeah. we all put it on at the same time and it was it was quite fun <laughs> Yeah, I also did a Valentine's Day flower arranging um, evening with a friend who's at Louise, who's got a florist shop. She she um, sent everyone the kit, a bag full of roses and yeah. you know, chicken wire and a little pot. And we all made some Valentine's flowers on Zoom for Valentine's Day, which is rather nice too. Yeah, I think people were really quite inventive and creative yeah. during that, that yeah. period. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, when we had a, a, a pre-conversation before um, before the recording, you told me that you're very intolerant these days of badly run networking oh. meetings. So oh. <laughs> tell me what, what constitutes a badly run networking meeting? Oh, I'm a bit of an intolerant person anyway, I suppose, because I, I, I like things to be done really well and I try to do things well. And so I go along and it's people not introducing you to others. So you're left uh, on your own in the corner. Now, one of the rules I had when I was a, um, a host is I used to say to everyone, we've got some visitors here. Don't let them stand on their own, please. Go. Or I would go up to them if I was a, um, a, a guest rather than a member. Hi, are you new here? Have you? And, and I have had so much feedback from people in uh, afterwards saying, Thank you so much for coming over to me. I, I joined because you showed me friendship and kindness. Everyone should do that at a networking event. Don't go into your silos and just meet, speak to your mates. Talk to the people who look a bit lost and who've never done this sort of thing before. The other one is letting things run over. Um, I'm a stickler. If it says finish at three, you finish at three. You don't let it trickle over to 3.30. We're all busy. Some People have to pick up children, have to get buses. Someone let something run over so much that half the room missed all their trains and ended up because they all come down from the north to London and spent got home at nine o'clock at night because oh, the, yeah. it, the, the the event ran over. The other one is letting someone dominate. Mm. You know, you're given your one minute or two minutes to do your talk. Everyone sticks with it, but someone doesn't. And they go on. The group leader should say, that is your two minutes. I'm a stickler for it. If there's a minute... It, that's your minute yeah I can let you finish and finish what the final thing but you don't get an extra minute <laughs> yeah uh, so it's things like things like that and when there's lunch coming uh not having it delivered in time so someone's about to speak and all the dinner plates are put down in front of you and I just think it needs to be really sharp and it, mm. you know like all things it looks effortless but underneath it all you have to be in control and make sure that everyone gets the fair share no one's dominating and that you leave on time yeah absolutely and what tips you would you have for people who are perhaps attending a networking meeting for the first time i've got five tips for you liz marvelous <laughs> <laughs> um tip number one is set your intention what do you want from networking so there's no point in just saying i think i should do networking what do you want from it um so it might be Actually, I'm what I call entrepreneurial isolation, EI, not AI. EI. You're, in, you're in your box room or your private office or in your work hub. It can get lonely. Mm. So is it is it simply that you would like to meet new people? There's nothing wrong with that. There's no agenda. You don't want to sell. You don't want to buy. You just want to meet new like-minded people. That's fine. But set your intention. Do I want to build my business, get support? sell a bit let people know about me gave my visibility what is it that you want so know that before you go mm. so the step step two is location there's no point joining a networking uh, group if it's miles from you and it's really hard to get to because it's it's hard to be motivated some days anyway but if it's a long way and a train and a bus and another train uh you're not going to go so make mm. sure it's easy to get to and convenient for you and the time is convenient I don't want to do a six o'clock in the morning mm. breakfast club I couldn't possibly I also don't really like that many evening events because I think what do you do you're stuck in this room it's late how, how am I going to get home so something about 10 o'clock 11 o'clock a lunchtime event is good for me but for other people is it is it convenient is the time right so the um 
So that was that was it location and time. So that's step three. Uh, point three is the time. Is it the right time for you? And four, check out the venue as you go in. Do you, do you want to come there every month? <laughs> I went to one and it was an old pub and it was open at 10. It smelled of old beer. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> but the toilet was falling off the wall. I had a nice business outfit on and I thought this, I know it sounds really kind of pompous, but this doesn't represent the brand of who I am. Mm. This is this I feel shabby coming in here mm. uh, I felt like I'd overdressed just to go to a 10 o'clock business meeting all the events I've run the venues have to be beautiful and women like a nice loo and they don't want a long walk from the station when you've got your briefcase mm. or a bag or a rucksack so near a station nice nice venue you might want to stay for a drink or a coffee afterwards hotels are great um, a lovely uh, cafe or restaurant that's got a quiet day so I always think the venue sells it too because it's that becomes an event. I like yeah. going there. It's a nice event. And finally, it's the people, the people who run it and the people you meet. If you go in and you feel isolated and no one's bothered to connect you, remember that. Do you like the group leader? Oh, are they loud? It's okay to be loud. Are you a person who likes loud people? Are they quiet and inclusive? That might be your thing. They're a bit more, everybody come in and it's all decide are these the sort of people I want to hang out with every week but don't make too many snap decisions because sometimes the quietest people sitting around the table are the most interesting and the loudest people can also be incredibly helpful so just kind of pick up the vibe do I like it did I like the venue is the time right for me is the location easy to get to overall from the first event what are my impressions out of 10 and if you like it if it's over 10 uh, sorry over five six seven then think about going again hmm. And I think sometimes you need to try several meetings to find one that suits you, don't you? You do. You do. And also my my sign in my office is not just another coach. And I don't mind being in a room full of other coaches, but it might be nice to meet um, a web designer, a photographer, a makeup artist, uh, someone who does something incredibly different. Like I LinkedIn posts just for you, Instagram. You just don't want the same of everyone being in there. Mm. Although coaches do work really well together. We can do workshops together and that kind of thing. But make sure it's a good mix of people um, and don't rule out someone because, you know, you might think I don't really have anything in common with a wedding cake maker. The wedding cake maker knows a lot of people. Mm. and They might actually want a coach. Or they might want a florist or a photographer or, you know, all sorts of all sorts of other leads on. Um, I also think be creative when you're networking. Think who who might they know? So I've got a lot of work from a landscape gardener. Why? Because she works at home doing beautiful landscapes. But the lady of the house or the man of the house who's around all day gets chatting to her. They're a bit lonely. Mm. And she says, oh, you need my friend, Carol Ann. She's a life coach. Here's her card. Because <laughs> she said, I ended up being like a coach to them, uh, doing the gardening. And she went, why don't you get a job? Why don't you write? Do I need you? Oh, you need to speak to Carol Ann. She'll help you out. So she took my leaflets and cards in her, her work bag with her. And I got business from a landscape gardener. <laughs> so be creative about who you're connecting with, you know? Yeah, I think you just never know, do you? You don't know who you're going to meet at a meeting you don't know who it is that they know 
Exactly, and how you might do something together. Don't don't. I, I mean, I had an event once. It was one of the most popular events, and forty people came, and a lady left, and she said, "I didn't get anything out of that meeting." And I said, "But there was forty people in the room. Maybe what you, you, when you st- stood up to speak, you you should have been more specific about what you wanted." Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. When you do your one minute, don't be afraid to say, "Please sign up to my newsletter," or "All I want is people to give me feedback on my new website." It doesn't have to be that you're selling your services. Mm-hmm time um you know just say i would like people to have a one-to-one with me a coffee which is also a great way of um consolidating a connection yeah absolutely it's uh the magic's in the follow-ups isn't it it is it is and being bothered to do the one-to-ones i know we all go back to our offices or wherever we work and head down again but be bothered to go and meet people and have that one you'll be surprised what you learn yes Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is the future of networking now? I mean, we've had the the, the lockdowns where we couldn't meet. We're now back to where things are, some things are still online, some things are now back in person. How do you see the networking world developing from here? I think there's some more of a, well, I would say this because I'm a coach, but more of a personal development side of it too. I think when I was running an event last week and I just said the newspaper headlines are scary the news is scary we're only going to talk about positive things today um what hands up who what's the good news for your business in the new year no, no one put their hand up so but anything you want in the world for your business and I thought this is a good way of them setting their intentions and then mm. I was like I'm going to open up 10 more branches of the thing I do wow that's amazing how are you going to do that someone else said I just want to hit, get my newsletter up to 5,000 okay that, can we all help you today so I think sometimes making it more let's set intentions let's be accountable let's set tasks let's set challenges um that kind of thing where you will sort of feel that you're stretching yourself a little bit rather than just sitting there and here's my business card and you know something like that or even themed events bring, mm. bringing people in we'll have a hot seat let's talk to you about your business let's brainstorm a bit like a, like a mastermind group sort of thing yeah I think the accountability piece is really important yeah and you know if, if you're going to a networking group regularly you know that that's that's a great way to spur you on to okay well, I've, I've got to tell them what I've done this week <laughs> I need to do something <laughs> well it does work if you know you're going to Weight Watchers weigh in, you don't eat a lot that week. You think, oh well, I'm going to, I've got to get on the scales, and it's the same with coaching. If I, you know, I set homework for my clients, if I'm going to speak to Caroline. I better have done it. And equally, when you've got an accountability buddy, how are you getting on? Did you write that thing? Did you do that? Did you make that phone call? Did you phone Piers Morgan? Yes, I did. Okay, well. People knowing that you've got a little guardian angel on your side, a business angel, does push you forward. And it's kind of fun as well. Yeah, definitely. So just finally then, Caroline, if people want to know more about you and your coaching business or anything else we've spoken about, what's the best place for them to find you? Well, just Google me, Carol Ann Rice. And I, um, my company is called The Real Coaching Company. Um, I also am running uh, a business network called Zoco in Chiswick. Z-O-C-O, and I do the in-person Chiswick meetings. And this was started by a chap called uh, Nick Blanchard. We got the idea in lockdown, because Zoko means Zoom and coffee, which he did in lockdown. (laughs) And, you know, he's got quite a lot of uh, branches growing all over the the west and uh, uh, southeast London and southwest London. So come along to my Chiswick meeting. Um, I'll just Google me, Caroline Rice. I've got some lovely newsletters where I share um, humorous tips on personal development. 
Lovely. Well, thank you very much for being my guest and a particular big thanks for your five top tips. Those are going to be really, really useful to people. Thanks for the opportunity, Liz. It's been really fun. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.